Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. And good morning, Marshfield and the rest of the South Shore of Boston. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. Okay, we have a plan today. We always have a plan. And uh, so the official title of this show, I've been working on this for months, is Legal Stuff That You Should Know and Have. And uh, we'll talk about the knowing and the having. And because I'm not an attorney, I thought it would be a good idea if we had one uh, visit with this. So, uh, Attorney Jerry Murphy, are you there? I am, Michael. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am fine this uh, 27 degree... (laughs) Marshfield weather we're having. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make no comments about I Fort Myers temperatures. <laughs> uh, Jerry, we've got enough material to probably last seven hours for a show, but first of all, how about just a little background introduction to yourself and your practice and stuff so people know they're listening to an expert. Thank you, yes. Again, my name is Jerry Murphy. I'm an attorney located in South Weymouth, Columbian Square. I am an elder law attorney. Elder law attorneys focus on the area of uh, such thing as wills and healthcare proxies, powers of attorney, as well as the uh, protection of assets and uh, monitoring of, of client wealth uh, through the through the law and being, uh, you know, preserving all the assets for the later generations, uh, children as well as grandchildren. 
Uh, otherwise known as estate planning, although it's a fuzzy term, right? Uh, correct. Estate planning, the larger word. Correct. <laughs> okay, so folks, uh, what we're going to do is we've got an outline uh, that Jerry provided. We're going to kind of touch on some topics in a, a, a good sequence. And if you have a question about any of the uh, things we're chatting about, or if you've got a legal what we would call a state planning question that you might like to run by us. Well, we are, we are call-in talk radio show. And so if you'd like to give us a call and interrupt our discussion, uh, as long as you have a, an estate planning-related issue, we'd be more than happy to chat with you. And our telephone number is 781-837-4900. Okay, so, Jerry, where would you like to start? Well, Mike, why don't we start with uh, wills that is a little bit, uh, there's a lot of misconceptions out there about what a will is and what it will does. Um, everyone should have a will. Uh, some of the misconceptions of a will would be that, you know, people believe they put a will together and when they pass away, that's it. And true to fact that a will speaks for somebody at death. And another misconception out there is that people suggest, well, I have a will and that just means automatically when I pass my uh, money, my assets, my home, automatically are going to transfer over to whom I left it to. And that's not always th the case. Um, I'll have people frequently walk into my office and say, well, I have a will, so I don't need anything else. And with the will, I'm avoiding probate. And probate's that quagmire um, process where it needs everything in the will would need a court approval, a judge to sign off on it, um, expensive in legal terms as far as fees uh, for the attorneys and the court. So with a will, yes, the will does speak for the parties at death, but if you don't do anything further with the will, meaning uh, contingent beneficiaries, primary beneficiaries on matters like life insurance policies, IRAs, any retirement vehicles, uh, you're going to have to face some complications that way um, with the probate court. And that sounds a little confusing. To well, me. it is, right? It, 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 <laughs> it is because, Mike, you know, you get people that come in and say, well, you know, I've got a will and that's it. And they feel as though that they're done. And, and the family gets so awestruck at a later date when they go, well, I have a will. Why can't I just take it? Yeah, And they, it's not theirs to get yet. A judge will have to sign off on it. You know, in Massachusetts, there's a requirement, first of all, that there's going to be two disinterested attesting witnesses here. Uh, judge is going to make sure that all the, all the uh, language in the will is adequate. It's properly notarized. And just because somebody shows up with a document and says, I get, isn't always necessarily the case. Jerry, when you said it speaks at death, uh, and it could could it, some things might not go as planned in the will, or there might be some people have a problem with it. So if it speaks at death, if you've I guess covered all of your contingencies and all possible ramifications, you can sleep well. But but that's not the way it is in real life. Is that correct? It's or? not the way it is. Uh, yeah. You know, and to have the will is great because it it, it can preclude likely somebody coming from out of the woodwork. Okay. And that's really where the court would come in is to, is to assist at breaking that logjam. Uh, but, uh, you know, to avoid a will, when I, when I prepare my estate documents, really I, I like to do such that, yes, have the will, but make it truly um, nothing more than a reading document and have all those other contingencies below 
all defined. So okay. that if there's any conflict or any contest, the will and anything such as a trust or life insurance policies, et cetera, that have contingencies identified will mirror each other. Okay, Jerry, can you maybe give us a couple of examples of wills gone wrong and how they could have been fixed? Uh, yeah, uh, a couple. There's, I, I've seen the Or a thousand. No, okay. Or a th- <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, wills are great, and, and really, sometimes they're entertaining to read, just the things that people want to do and say, and I want this, and my cats are going to go here and there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you get, I, I, you know, I had somebody come in and say, I've got a will, and I'd like you to look at it, and they did it, you know, 30 years ago. And it was on a napkin, and I just want somebody to get this and this. Um, I actually have seen, you know, wills people go on the internet and they try to do their best, yeah. and you find that they're not witnessed, and there's no notary, but it's got all the little buzzwords, but they yeah. didn't finish the task. Okay. So those kind of things are going to get, uh, you know, they're going to slow the process. Pro, uh, probate court can take an extensive amount of time. The courts are backlogged with things. What, what's the average time in Massachusetts? I've I've seen. Two and a half years. Whoa! Whoa! Is that that's on the long end. I that's hope. on the long end. I yeah. hope. Yeah. Okay. And and uh, but they're they're busy. The courts have a lot of things going on. Okay. And we are a, a legal society, aren't we? We are very legal and litigious in a lot of ways. So okay. <laughs> so the courts are busy. Okay. Cool. Um, I I can remember. I'm sure you've probably seen this, but um, if you're going to leave a home to your children, well, if you've got one child, that's probably okay. But if you've got two or three, that could get a little complicated. You got any stories about that? Or? Well, yeah, <laughs> uh, there are several. You know, there is a lot of people will say, well, I've got, you know, three kids, and two of them have been really good to me. I love my third one, but I really, I think I'm just going to look at my two kids and try to take care of them. Well, here comes the third one when there's a passing. Um, if matters in the, in the will are not clear, uh, houses are the biggest ticket item, the largest yeah. asset for folks. And yeah. if you don't take care of those, um, you, you're going to run into issues. And and the kids, uh, you know, they go from being sad to, to angry because they're going to read things maybe that dad left me out or mom left me out or they left me holding a bag of, of a mess to try to resolve. Yeah, one of the, uh, you know, there might be one child living in the home rent-free. There might be another who wants to have it, hang on to it as an investment property. And there might be a third who desperately needs money. And unless you cover those, that's like a slight problem on the probate courts, That's correct. And let me tell you, the money piece is, uh, greed is the root of all evil when it comes to this stuff. And, uh, you know, the number of folks that have come into my office and say, no, my children would never do that. We're not the type, we're not the type. Boy, when it comes to uh, comes to the almighty dollar, things change very quickly. Uh, when you said everybody uh, needs a will, if if you have very little assets, a social security check, you're an older person living in an in-law apartment with your son or daughter, and you know you you've got a couch and a few other things, and maybe an automobile, is that that require a will as well? Uh, well, the automobile would, and if you're living in the apartment with your daughter or son-in-law. Uh, you're going to have some personal personalities in the house. If you're an older folk, uh, older person, you might have Hummels or or some antiques that you okay. may want to go. Small oh. things, but to different to different kids, basically. Maybe correct. Okay. And, yeah, and, yeah. and okay. you know, some of this stuff is um, not worth anything to anybody. Yeah. But to the family member, it's worth everything. So you okay. have to define it. 
Okay. So, so how about the basic structure of a will? I, I, I mean, can you just kind of give us a big outline and maybe some ideas about sure. drafting one? But, I mean, by the way, folks, this is a call-in talk radio show. If you have a, a legal uh, estate planning-related question, this is your special day. We're talking with Attorney Jerry Murphy, and uh, if you've got a question, we probably have an answer. Our telephone number is 781-837-4900. Jerry, if you see a call, Tim will wave you down there in the studio, okay? Will do. Thank you. All righty. Sure. Well, a will, um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a document. It's about a three- or four-page document to, to have a simple will. And the biggest uh, task of the person creating the will is to choose a personal representative. It formerly was known as the executor or an executrix, the male and female version. They've, they've streamlined it to be a personal representative. And that person's job is to win this a passing, is to take that will and make determination, number one, is there uh, anything that needs to be probated that hasn't been contingent out uh, with respect to beneficiaries? And they need to take that will to the court. The will would then need to have to be proven and ultimately go through the process where a judge would then sign off, and that's after posting uh, notification in the newspapers, etc. cetera. Uh, and in the will, the body, you just, it's really, it's speaking from, from the grave. I want this one to get this one. I want this one to get that. I, myself, when I prepare wills, um, I like to avoid just saying, well, you know, my four children get equally. I like to name the four kids and name 25%. And if there's variations from that, uh, you know, one gets 10%, another one gets 10 and the other split up, I like to do that too. I like to make it so there's no miss because you're not here to uh, really clarify that will. What what, uh, what happens if somebody missed a bank account when they named their will or whatever? Do you have to list everything you own or is there are there some cover-all clauses you, and anything else? Yeah, generically you list, um, you know, you, you'll identify bank accounts. Okay. Just generally. And um, when you come to my office, yes, I'll make sure we list the bank account uh, terminology. I don't need account numbers. You don't want that to be public record if the will has to be probated. Yep. And you'll um, um, just pretty much um, you know, push it through with making sure everybody is identified and try to streamline that process. Okay. Okay. I get it. I get it. Uh, one, one last question on the wills sure. and the personal representative. Uh, Going to be some agony on the on some folks' part about choosing a personal representative. You got any uh, thoughts or suggestions That's on exactly that? That's exactly right. <laughs> get, might get a little dicey, don't you think? It gets or what? dicey. Well, you know, <laughs> you, you, the folks go through the the struggle. Well, I have my oldest that I should have do it, but they're really not that responsible. So I'm going to go to the middle child, and the one the youngest child gets ticked off as does the older one. Um, you know, it's a matter of um, we look at the person and say, look, is this the one that's going to drive the bus? Can you take this take this paperwork, go move it along, and try to try to expedite and resolve it because you want to start the healing of the person who has passed away. And Mike, we're going to take a call, um, David and Hingham. All right, let's go for it. Good morning, Dave. How are you today? Good morning, David. I'm good. How are you guys? Hi, Dave. Alrighty. What's going on? All right. Uh, irrevocable trust. I've heard a lot about that for planning and you know not letting the nursing home get the money. What is the mechanism by which you withdraw funds from an irrevocable trust for living expenses uh, once you put your assets in that trust? 
Well, well good it, question. Yeah. Good question. And that was further down the line, but we might as well jump right to it. Sure. Go ahead. Uh, the irrevocable trust, the, the rules and regulations set by MassHealth and Medicaid, uh, very tight. You put assets into an irrevocable trust. We have a five-year look-back uh, period in Massachusetts, meaning for five years, what goes into that trust has to stay into that trust, and you cannot pull it out. It, you, it wasn't always that way. You, in, initially, when, when the irrevocable trust came out, uh, and just after the three-year look-back, you were able to take out um, income from a trust, and they've since now taken that and you not now not even allowed to use any of the yeah. money from the irrevocable trust to do any pre-care for somebody to avoid the nursing home. So this is the state of Massachusetts we're talking That's about. That's correct. 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 By the way, caller, I'm sorry, I forget your name. I didn't Dave. write it down. D Dave. Dave. Uh, so, so Dave. Uh, so th think about it. You know, w when you set up an irrevocable trust, you're giving the money away so that you don't own it. And Massachusetts is saying, well, if you don't own it, you can't take anything from it. Is that, did I do okay with that, Jerry? That's or? correct. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they, the idea is to, um, when you set up an irrevocable trust, you're trying to indicate and, and show that the person that created that trust is now impoverished. They have nothing. So, and for a period of five years, MassHealth will, and trust me, they will ask for every single document to look back and say, what do you have? And if that person has any assets beyond certain amounts, they're going to, you know, disqualify until that is spent down. But what you put in to that trust has to stay there. So, so the, the body of the, the capital, if you will, and the income uh, cannot be used or designated for support of it the... Cannot, cannot no longer okay. come out, correct. Yeah, well, well, didn't it used to be just, you could take just only income from the portfolio? That's correct, and now okay. they've changed that. And, well, when, and when did they do that? How long ago was that? Uh, that's been about two years now. Okay. But now they're really starting to enforce it. And yeah. the, the attorneys for MassHealth and Medicaid are uh, spending a lot of time reviewing these trusts line by line to make sure. Yeah, Dave, uh, let, let me give you an investment uh, possible way to deal with this. So it's not perfect, but I'm sure we just gave you bad news. I, I didn't know about the, the, the income couldn't be either, but okay, um, w what we, should, we will do from time to time, uh, let, let's, I'm just going to make up a number. Somebody has $500,000 worth of money, investments, whatever. Okay, um, in, in order to beat the five-year look back, we might say, look, how much money do you need per year from this pot to be okay? And, and let's say uh, the person says, I need $20,000 a year to be okay. Well, in this case, you could take $100,000, hang on to it, and use 20000 a year for five years for that person to be okay, and at least you could shelter 400000 in the irrevocable trust. So, so it's not perfect, but it's better than a stick in the eye when it comes to hanging on to some stuff. Jerry, do you have some embellishments or comments? Mike, that's or correct? exactly correct. I, you yeah. know, when I, when I sit with, with folks and I'll sit with you, um, yeah, you, you look at their needs on a monthly basis, yeah. what's coming in, Social Security and pension. You look at what, the, um, what their monthly expenses are, and you make that determination. Well, I'm, I'm going to be short uh, $500 a month, maybe, and I don't really do much out. I'll, I'll look at them and say, well, why don't we do this? If you're short $500 a month, do the math. Take, keep $1,000 out, as you suggested. Yeah. $1,000 a month times 12 is $12,000. 12 thousand times five years, which is the look back period, is sixty thousand. Keep sixty thousand out in your name. You know that's gonna be more than adequate, 
but then take that bigger part of remaining money and put that into the irrevocable trust. You know you're not going to need it yeah. and lock it up. D- Dave, uh, do you have some follow-up questions as far as we've gone so far here? Hello, yeah. Dave? Yes. Uh, could you set up more than one irre- irrevocable trust so that as you whittle down to your, you know, uh, your funds that you could then, you know, you know, delve into one trust, like set up a series of them so that, um, you know, each one had a little pot of gold. And if you needed to crack into it, you could. Well, you certainly can. But remember, each trust is going to be examined by Mass Health. So as long as you're within that, you know, you you covered that five year period and nothing has come out by way of money back to the donor or the creator of the trust. yeah, certainly you can create more than yeah. one. Yeah, D- Dave, but th- you, you got to draw a line, a really firm one, between irrevocable, I gave it away, I don't own it, I can't have any of it ever, or a revocable trust. I mean, what, sometimes what we've done, and again, I don't know your situation, Dave, but you know, we put aside that $100,000, okay, uh, and basically say, um, you know, here's what we're going to do. We, we might take another 100000 and put it in a revocable trust, that would be a backup that would still be at risk, but at least it, it may or may not, and then put 300 in, in an irrevocable. But there's a, there's a really clear line about the pots of money, and, and the clearest way to do it is have a liquid pot of money that then get at, that's at risk, okay, but you can, you can buy the time to get through five years of a look back, and that's a help, or, and, and what you put in the trust is something that's going to the kids, okay, that, that, that's, the, the folks who put that money in a trust and pull the irrevocable, I can never change my mind, they just basically said, I want my kids to have something. You have to assume that you can't get at that and that there's no support. By the way, Jerry, I've heard and read some attorneys say that you can create a defective trust and you can get at the money and all that. Do you have any comments on that? Or? You can, and it's depending on, it's, it's, again, it's situational dependent on how that works. Uh, sometimes a, a trust is created and you need to get out of it. And but by also by making it defective and getting yeah. out of it, now you're, su- you know, you're subject to the rules of Yeah, now it's Medicaid. subject to rules. Okay, yeah, Dave, we've got plenty of time. We're not rushing you. Can you think of any other questions? No, I'm all set. That, that was two years. Uh, that's uh, interesting. I'm sure a lot of people didn't know that. Yeah. I, wait, wait, listen, hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate Thank that. Thank you, Dave. Okay. All right. Appreciate well, it. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Folks, this is a call-in talk radio show. My name is Mike McNamara. We're talking with Attorney Jerry Murphy from Weymouth, and uh, we're talking about estate planning, which is kind of a euphemism for hanging on to what you got and getting it to your kids if the you way like you want. If you'd like to make a call, please hang anyway. up and try again. If Hello. Help, Hello. Hang up and then dial your operator. <laughs> Something's up, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's... It's a small town radio still show. What can I tell you, Jerry? Okay. Uh, anyway, so all right. So let's see. So we managed to spend uh, one quarter of the show on one tenth of the subject matter here. Uh-huh. Good work. We're, we're on. We're on schedule. We're on uh, schedule. And we, we <laughs> hey, Mike, do you mind if I interrupt? You brought up one point. And, interrupt any time, um, Jerry. Go ahead. And you, you you suggested the revocable trust. Yeah. And the number of folks that. Um, have, will walk into my office, and likely yours will say, and they're in their they're in their seventies, maybe eighties, and say, "Well, I've had a revocable trust for twenty years. I'm all set. I really don't need to do anything else." And uh, <laughs> as you know, I can hear your voice that that money is not secure. And when you tell them that that money is subject totally to uh, taking by the nursing home, the look on their faces. And almost in doubt at first, and yeah. then you break out, break out a couple of documents to show that 
it's uh, it's fact, and they'll take it. Yeah, there's no such thing as a free lunch, right? Frightening, I mean, none at all. Yeah, no. yeah. I mean, I and again, I I do not give legal advice for sure, but I basically say to folks, if it's irrevocable. You gave it away. You don't own it. It's gone. You can't get at it, which is a huge decision. That's correct. It's a large. It's it's a big. You know, your biggest assets are going in there, whether it be your financial assets as well as your home. Yeah. If it's a revocable trust, and we'll get to this in detail, maybe, uh, or we we might have to do a second show. But anyway, uh, uh, the, the the deal with the irrevocable trust, folks, is it sounds great, but. Okay, yeah, people who create them are also the trustees of the trust, which means they can do stuff. So if you have a revocable trust, you can change it. If you can change it, you own it. And if you own it, it's at risk. That's so, correct. Folks, it's a really, really clear line. And Jerry, I'm depressed. I didn't know about the income change in Massachusetts, but it makes sense if you're the government, basically. Yes, right? you can't yeah. get your hands on it. And, yeah. you know, it was all tr- uh, too good to be true, but it happened. Yeah. And uh, yeah. as as us attorneys in, in focusing on other law, we put these things together every day yeah. is that we have to read. I spend almost every night looking, checking for, for different things that are coming up, and it gets uglier and uglier. Yeah. Um, and I... You know, you have to lay some bad news on folks. But, you know, when I when people come in, I try to make it palatable. You know, it sounds terrible. Yeah, you're giving your money away, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, you're not, you know, you're not giving it away to some island in in Florida or something. Yeah. Not, it's hey, quite, watch that stuff. It, I'm okay. very careful as I get it. But I say it when you're not sitting across from me. Uh, so I, <laughs> I, I, I look at this and go, well, let's try to make it a, a, a little bit palatable to take. You, what you're doing is you're preserving these assets for your children and your grandchildren. So you're not giving it away completely. Yeah. And you've worked hard all your life. You've paid your taxes. You've done this. My argument is, well, you paid once. Why do you want to pay twice for yeah, doing all go. the right things and being smart enough to maybe invest it and protect it. You want to preserve it and see that your family gets it and not the government. Alrighty. Uh, Jerry, any, uh, we got a couple minutes here. Uh, any closing comments or things on basic wills before we skip along here? No, but again, I like to, um, I like to incorporate uh, trust documents with the will so that I like to avoid probate. If I can avoid probate for anyone, and that's the biggest um, gratitude I get when folks will come up. Thank you so much for having me, uh, helping me avoid the probate process. It's a, uh, they have been through it once before, maybe, yeah. and when they don't want to do it again. Yeah, J- Jerry, I think um, I, I think I remember the term, but I'll just describe it. So, if somebody has gone into some more detailed work and created some trusts, uh, d- don't you do some kind of a will where, in case you forgot to put something in the trust, it catches everything and sticks it there? Is, is that that, is that pour over will or something? What, what's a, that pour, about? a pour over will will catch. Okay. Uh, and, and, you know, we also think of codicils to amend existing okay. wills. And okay. There's a, there's a host of things we can do. Yeah. Okay. Super. Okay. Uh, so listen, we've got about a minute before the break. Okay. So what I think we'll do is we'll start talking. Uh, well, actually, let me let me make an announcement, folks. This is a call and talk radio show. Uh, in about a minute or so, we're going to take a break. But uh, if you have a legal question that revolves around estate planning issues, uh, Attorney Jerry Murphy uh, will take your call. Our telephone number seven eight one eight three seven forty nine hundred. You know, Jerry, what I think we'll do is we'll probably just take a break about now and figure out the rest later, okay? Great, Mike. Thank you. 